Hey Soul Seekers, Kay here, and welcome to the 56th episode of the Language of Our Soul podcast. This episode we discuss whether change is good or bad, then muse on cultural intolerance and the associated individual suffocation. The big question this episode is, is change good or bad to you? Our everyday conversations are littered with statements and sayings to indicate how someone has changed even more so to limit their change, to keep them the same. You've changed, man. The old you would have stayed up all night. You haven't changed at all. Signs of change could be met with positivity or subtle hostility to keep you all from changing too much. Why? Why is change met with such a variety of expressions from friends, family, and peers? Change is terrifying. A friend might be friends because of who you are at the current moment, but reverse yourself completely and see how long you might remain friends. Remember those old connections. Back in the day, we all had such good times together. But now, it'd be awkward past the first 15 minutes. People just change too much. Partners are not immune to the reaction of change. You who dated one year is vastly different from the ones later on, or after marriage. Perhaps, unlike before, where she would show affection, now routinely smacks you after doing something she doesn't like. Nothing can truly remain the same, unchanging, unless I have absolutely zero external, internal stimulus and a fully developed brain. As I speak with peers 10 years younger than myself, it often dawns on me just how similar I was to them back then, and now just how foolish and immature I believe I was back then. Despite how I never thought I'd age and be exactly the same that the grown-ups were. It's also dangerous to never change. Even if you don't change, that doesn't mean the world around you doesn't change. Without being able to embrace change, we would all end up like those miserable old men who bitch, whine and complain about everything, about how things were so much better back then, or the kids nowadays. Even if, at behest of current friendships, family, relationships, we don't change, it doesn't guarantee they won't change. Then, without even noticing, they would all drift away. Now you, who purposely became a false self, an unchanging self, will be left with no one. Perhaps if you did change, there would be new relationships to replace the old ones, but now they do not exist. Which is why controlling partners are dangerous. They limit yourself, so when you feel like leaving or changing, you would lose everything around you. Remember, our brains value loss two times higher than gain. Changing has a zero immediate gain, but a near infinite initial cost. My feelings on change are ambivalent. On the one hand, change is inevitable, just aging will cause us to have different feelings and thoughts about the external world. I, who used to be no chill, shouting whatever trendy cause I was into from the rooftops, now simply do not care and optimise to live my good life. Which also means I tend to exclude those with immature mindsets, for it's just too much hassle to interact with those who read and believe every headline. That changed without any conscious choice. On the other hand, 
Change is sad for friends or situations that used to be so great now lost its spark. Revisiting old activities just doesn't bring the same joy as before. Friendships naturally fade away and a simple conversation or two doesn't resolve the fundamental difference between each other. Change is bittersweet. Time does change everything. Age, experiences, knowledge and desires all shift. This causes everything to adjust itself. Perhaps instead of travelling so much, settling down is better. Instead of going out all the time, just staying home is desirable. Purposely going against change, what you now find desirable, would be putting yourself in constant misery. We have to accept change. We have to accept change, that who we were isn't who we are today. It doesn't spell the end, just a new route and new beginnings. Activities found boring in the past might bring intense joy. Friends never thought of before are best buddies. A new range of relationships opened up to us. Cultural intolerance and enforced conformity. Singapore is the only successful dictatorship in the world, where what the government says goes. Except it's not only the government that enforces the rules, it's also all the people. There is a culture of intolerance in Singapore, where you must abide by the rules and the law, whether it makes sense or not. Recently, a Singaporean was caught lying about their university degree and this became news. In my eyes, such a thing is quite minor, so long as it does no harm. However, in Singapore, it's the fact they tried to skirt the established order that mattered. The people were enforcing norms upon others, regardless of their personal circumstances, different backgrounds, or how they were raised. This does create a society that functions well, despite different groups meshing together. Singapore itself has multiple national languages and at least four distinctly different cultures, yet still remains standing and is a quite affluent place. Make no mistake, the strict order prevents differences in cultures from causing mass internal strife, yet on an individual level it is rather suffocating, no different from a system of secret police where everyone is spying on each other. Singapore has everyone enforcing their norms onto each other and blasting anyone who does not conform. So what if they lied about their degree? Did they perform their job properly in the end? Was it that they just needed experience? A flexible society is necessary for a free society. In the end, everyone is different. Their genetics, environment, friends and family ensure that. Enforcing a single correct way of life causes unnecessary suffering to everyone and everyone would remain silent to not be singled out as the outsider. A rules-bound society is self-reinforcing, where anyone who complies to the law to the T would immensely disdain those who skirt the rules. It's a principle of fairness at play, when they all followed the rules and made sacrifices along the way, yet someone else comes along and does the opposite, reaping all the benefits with none of the detriments. How could they tolerate such a thing? An example is national service, i.e. two years of one's life for something they didn't sign up for and subpar pay. Those who skirt the service are disdained for doing so. In such a strict society, anyone who feels suffocated will leave, whilst those who accept such intolerance remains and propagates that to everyone else. In the end, is there any real solution? Without enforced conformity, there will only be chaos as no shared definition of right and wrong exists. 
Single homogenous societies with established right and wrong are easier to manage. Compare that to someone like America, with the highest rate of mass shootings and terrorist events in the Western world. Such freedoms have a body count. Even more so in today's age of unknown radicalism and easy access to destructive weaponry. In stark contrast to Singapore's extremely low crime rate, I suppose that the only choice we really have is to live somewhere with minimal cultural intolerance, enough to not cause chaos and anarchy, whilst not too much to feel mass suffocation and judgment all the time. The big question this episode is, what is a waste of time to you? What defines a waste of time anyway? With that concluding thought, thanks for listening to the Language of My Soul podcast. If you wanted more, then visit my blog at langsoul.com. If you had your own answers to the big questions or wanted to send through your own big question, then there's a voice clip link in the description or email me k at langsoul.com.